Thank you. Well, good evening again. I hope you brought a Bible with you. We're going to look tonight at Matthew chapter 25. Why don't you turn there with me, Matthew 25. And for all of our uh, faithful Bible readers, we've got, I don't know, 10 or a dozen or so that are going this year through a Bible reading plan that I shared back at the beginning of the year. Uh, we've been going through Matthew together. And uh, as a matter of fact, in just the last couple of days, I was in Matthew chapter 25. And as I read it, uh, the Lord just touched my heart and said, you need to share from this passage this weekend. So that's Matthew 25. And I want to share with you a message I've titled, Taking Risks and Choosing Trust. Taking Risks and Choosing Trust. We're going to look at a story known as the parable of the talents. Let's read it together, beginning in verse 14 down through verse number 30. Jesus is, at this point, his ministry teaching a lot about what the kingdom of heaven is like. So when Jesus first began his ministry, he would say things like this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And he would announce the kingdom of God has come near. So repent of your sins and trust in the Lord. And as his ministry developed and as it grew, he began to uh, elaborate on exactly what he meant by that phrase, the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing here in Matthew chapter 25. He's telling parables that illustrate what exactly is the kingdom of heaven. So that's where we find ourselves in Matthew 25. Look with me at verse 14 as we read, read together. Jesus says, for it... Okay, that is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. Now, when we re read the word talent there, don't think of, you know, something like the ability to juggle or to pull a tablecloth out from under uh, the, the flatware and the silverware on a table without knocking it over. That's not the kind of talents he has in mind. A talent was a very large sum of money, um, as little as thousands of dollars by some estimates, as much as hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was a very large amount of money. So the kingdom of heaven is like a man who called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and then to another one, each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and he traded with them and he made five talents more. So he invested. Uh, there's a sense in which we can say he took some risks and the risks paid off. So also verse 17 adds, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, 
saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And so I was afraid. I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, which is to say lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money, at least with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And notice how this parable ends. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Make no mistake about it. That last verse is a reference to hell and to punishment. This is a very serious parable about taking risks and choosing trust. Would you bow with me as we pray together and ask the Lord's blessing on this time of preaching? Our Father in heaven, we ask you now to make clear to us the meaning of this parable. Lord, we know that parables are a way of delivering truth to your people while also hiding truth from those in unbelief. God, would you reveal the meaning clearly to us tonight and help us to choose to trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let me share with you from this passage of scripture. I think we can break it down and uh, draw four things from it. And uh, some of these points are truth statements. Others, others of them are maybe a challenge given to us. But all of them, I believe, come very closely and directly from this story. Number one, the first thing we learn from the parable of the talents is this. Your life is a gift. Your life is a gift. Here in our passage, we read that the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey. And he entrusted to his servants his property. It's a picture of God giving you your life, right? Your life is his property. And for a time, the time that you have on this earth, he gives it to you to do with it what you will. Your life is a gift. I'm not sure if you've heard of this Christian author. His name is Frederick Buchner. He was an author active several decades ago. He lived to be almost 100 years old. He actually passed away just this past week. Listen to what he wrote. He said, the grace of God means something like this. Here is your life. 
You might never have been, but you are. Because the party would not have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you, but there's only one catch. Like any other gift, the gift of grace can be yours only if you'll reach out and take it. Friends, your life is a gift. We are not here because somewhere in the cosmos we willed ourselves into being. We are here because the master of everything said, I will entrust to you your life. It's my property. You are mine. But here you may have this much time. The kingdom of heaven is a representation of God's reign over our life. What does it mean that God is in charge? Well, Jesus said it's kind of like this. It's about a story of a life given as a gift. And the kingdom of heaven is a picture of what it means to live a life that's devoted to God. When the master speaks of his property, he's speaking of our lives. Your life is a gift. Would you live in such a way tonight that you recognize the gift nature of your life? Brothers and sisters, none of us deserve to be here. We are here because an almighty loving God said, you may have this life. And he wants us to do something with it. That's what this parable is all about. Notice with me that the master gave out talents. And a very interesting phrase says that he gave out those talents, each according to their own ability. One commentator says, not everyone is expected to perform at the same level of competence, but all are expected to do their best as faithful stewards. Your life is a gift. Live like you are grateful for it. Live in awe of it, that you are here, that you get a chance to breathe, to experience, to love, to worship, to be in awe at God's creation. Your life is a gift. May you always remember that. Here's the second point we see from this parable of the talents. Your life is a gift. Now, don't waste your life. It's a gift, a precious, priceless gift. Don't waste your life. In verses 16, 17, and 18, Jesus elaborates on this story, explaining that the servant who received five talents went out, worked hard. He was smart. He took risks, and the risks paid off, and he doubled the, the property that his master had gave him. He took his life, and he said, I'm going to do something worthwhile with my life. And God blessed it. It's a message to us not to waste our lives. We can invest what Jesus has given us. You say, oh, well, little old me, I'm not much. Yeah, well, you can invest what you got. You know how the story ends, right? The one who did not invest was not blessed, but in fact, he was punished. Your life is a gift. 
Don't waste the gift. We can invest what Jesus has given us. It takes risks and it takes trust. We take the risk because we believe it's worth the risk. We take the risk because we trust the God who oversees everything. We have two options. We can invest what Jesus has given us or we can do very little with what Jesus has given us. One servant took his talent, he dug a little hole in the ground, and he hid his life in the hole, never risking anything, never showing trust, and he was not rewarded. One writer said this, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in this world. But you do have to know the few great things that matter. Maybe even if it's just one. And then be willing to live for them and die for them. The people that make a durable difference in the world are not the people who have mastered many things. But the people who have been mastered by one great thing. This writer would go on to say, the greatest cause in the world is joyfully rescuing people from hell, meeting their earthly needs, making them glad in God, and doing it with a kind, serious pleasure that makes Jesus look like the treasure that he truly is. Don't waste your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you would say, but I already have. And I feel a deep sense of loss at the years that I've already wasted. Jesus looks at you tonight with a love that no one else can match. He opens his arms to you and he says, yeah, but you've still got some of that gift left. What's left? Don't waste. Your life is a gift. Do not waste your life. Let me share with you a third truth that we gather from this parable. You have to give your life back someday. Right? It's a gift. But one day, the master will return, and you will walk to him with your life in your hands, and you'll say, here's what I did with my life. Remember that. Remember that as you think about whether you will take risks, whether you will trust one day the master will return. Verse 19 says, After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. After a long time. You know, we all think we've got plenty of time left. But when the master leaves for a long time, soon we begin to think our life is our own. And we've got all the time in the world to make things right. Your life is God's. It's been given to you only for a little while. And one day you'll have to give it back. The master showed up and, and was there to settle accounts. This teaches us the great biblical reality that there will be a day of reckoning. It's easy to forget about all that in the busyness of our lives and the love that we feel for our families. 
as we get caught up in the news and the happenings of the world around us. It's easy to forget that, but God's word is very clear. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 and following says this, And then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, the receipts of our lives. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what that they had done. Our life is a gift. It's precious. It's mysterious. It's amazing. But it's a gift one day. The master will come and he will expect a reckoning. It reminds me of a story Jesus would encounter elsewhere. In Luke 12, we read this. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And so Jesus said to them, Take care, be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And so Jesus told them a parable. He said, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And so he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And so he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. We have to give our life back. There will come a night for all of us when our soul is required of us. What will you show Jesus when you have to give your life back to him? The servant who had been given five talents brought the five talents more. He said, Jesus... I took the life you gave me. I did the best that I could. I trusted you. I took the risks you called me to take. I took what you gave me, and by faith, I made it something more. And Jesus said, well done. Well done. The same with the servant that had the two talents. What will you show Jesus when you have to give your life back to him? Let me share with you our final point this evening. Choose wisely what you will do with your life. Choose wisely. Some of you tonight may hear and be, be, may be here and be very young. And you may say, oh, well, I've got my whole life to live. I've got a long time to get this right. Others of you maybe right in the middle of things, busy, not a lot of time for self-reflection. Some here tonight may 
be in the later years of their life. And you may say, well, all that's already behind me. What I've done, I've done. There's not much that I can change. Let me tell you, wherever you're at in your life, choose wisely what you will do. In the closing verses of our past scripture, the servant who had been given one talent is forced to come to terms with his master. And he says, Master, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid to try. And so what I did was I took what you gave me and I buried it. And I didn't do anything with it my entire life. And now that my life's over, here, I'll just give it back. No risks, no trust, no investment, no growth, no return. And we read what the master's response was. Judgment. Let me close by making these comments. Don't make decisions in your life based on fear. Make decisions based on faith. The wicked servant said, I was afraid. So I did nothing. There's no courage there. There's no adventure there. Fear makes you lazy. Lazy to take risks. Lazy to try new things. Lazy to reach out to new people. It makes you a wicked and slothful servant. One commentator said this of the wicked servant. He has no chance of making any profit. But unlike the others, he risks no loss. Yet as the unfolding story will demonstrate... To make no commitments on religious matters is really to make a damning commitment by default. To dig a hole in fear and do nothing is to condemn yourself. Jesus calls us to a life of risk. When our life is required of us, what will you have to show for it? Will you bow your heads with me? As we think about this word, it's a very serious word tonight. It's also a word of great opportunity. With your heads bowed, let me just invite you to think about what you will do with your life tonight. What courageous thing is God calling you to do? What fear is gripping and grasping at your soul to hold you down and to hold you back? Your life is a gift that someday you will have to give back. Don't waste your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just take however much life you have left and would you say tonight in your heart, God, I want to risk it all for you. Whatever you call me to, God, I will do it. I will take the risk for you. If there's a fear in your heart holding you back, will you say, God, I am afraid. Help me. Help me to trust you and to move forward with your call on my life. Father, we thank you so much for this powerful, 
parable from Jesus. We ask you, Lord, as we leave this place, God, would you help us to leave with a, a newfound sense that we are devoted to taking risks for you, the risks of faith. Lord, may we take the life that you have given us, and by faith, may we make it something special. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. You're dismissed.